Mark chapter 9, from verse 1, we read this section of how the Lord was taken up into the mount and he was transfigured. He was drawn by the Holy Spirit and he did nothing apart from the Holy Spirit. He lived to please his Father and he was driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that came upon him as he came up out of the water when he was baptized. The same Holy Spirit led every one of his activities. And the Holy Spirit directed him and drew him to that mountain to reveal his glory and to have Moses and Elijah come to speak of his upcoming sacrifice, the decease. And three disciples were there on hand to witness this. I'd like someone to read this passage again. Mark chapter 9, verses 1 down to 13. Mark chapter 9, NKJV version, verses 1 through 13. And he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter James and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves and he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter answered, and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, because he did not know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. And a cloud came and overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. Suddenly, when they had looked around, they saw no one anymore, but only Jesus with themselves. Now as they came down from the mountain, he commanded them that they should tell no one the things they had seen, till the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Praise God. Praise the Lord. This kingdom of God, they will witness, come with power. There are some standing here, he said, who will not die until they have seen the kingdom of God come with power.
the Lord said previously that if I come to you with miracles, if I come to you with people being set free, then you can know for sure that the kingdom of God has come among you. When he sent the disciples, in Luke chapter 10, he said, and heal the sick that are therein, or in the place where you go, and say to them, the kingdom of God is come near you. The kingdom of God is among you. When the power from heaven is manifest, we can know for certain that the kingdom of God is there. When John the Baptist was inquiring, are you the one or do I look for another? Do we look for someone else? Did I rightly point out the Messiah? Have I finished my mission in being the one that would point out to the whole world the Lamb of God? Apparently he had a doubt. But he's a man that was dedicated to doing God's will. He wanted to finish his mission. And he wanted to make sure that he did his part and this was the Messiah. Not every prophet is given, obviously, the timetable and every single detail that God is going to accomplish. But to John the Baptist, the Lord said to the people that sent him, go and tell him what you see. How that the blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor, the gospel is preached. And right before that, it's written in Luke 7.21, in the same hour, when the question came from John through his messengers, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits. And unto many that were blind, he gave sight. He said, if I with the finger of God to cast out devils. No doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. He said that in the very same gospel of Luke in chapter 11. Evidences that the kingdom of God is among you. God is not interested in organizations He's not interested in churches or meetings or any religious activity where he is not welcome, where he is not working. Because only God can give life and healing, restoration, deliverance from demonic oppression and bondage. Devils are running wild everywhere, oppressing humanity. And only Jesus Christ can set people free. Where he's welcome, God will operate. He comes in the midst of people 
were utterly passionate about him and him only. He comes to strengthen those who are weak in faith. He is a compassionate, merciful God. But his objective is to raise people's faith to believe him. And as we're reading this in connection with the Mount of Transfiguration experience, the Lord said there are some standing here before they went to that mountain. I tell you, will not taste of death until they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. If the kingdom of God coming with power means massive liberation of people from the oppression of the devil who hates Humanity hates God. If the kingdom of God means healings of all kinds through the operation of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, if the kingdom of God coming with power means that the devil who is a strong man is bound up and those he has oppressed and held captive are set free. This must mean that there are those who are with him in the audience who will see such a demonstration of the kingdom of God in their midst with greater power than what they have seen so far with Jesus Christ. This question of how is that possible to see greater miracles takes us back to John 14 where the Lord said greater than these works shall you do those who believe on me or in me the scope of it the varied miracles the diversities of the operations the administrations of the Holy Spirit the Lord came and inaugurated the kingdom of God so that today we who may be sick and oppressed of Satan and afflicted might be set free by the same power of the Holy Spirit working through the all-powerful name of Jesus Christ. If these people who are privileged to see the kingdom of God come with power before they taste of death. Surely, it is after the descent of the Holy Spirit upon them. Where in their midst, thousands at a time became converted. They became born again. Thousands. Multitudes of people were set free on a large scale, not only in Jerusalem, but under Philip's ministry by the Holy Spirit in Samaria. Multitudes upon multitudes. Everywhere the apostles went, signs and wonders were following. Greater in breadth and scope. These people were to see such a manifestation of the kingdom of God come with power.
seeing the person of Jesus Christ had a glimpse of his glory they come down from the mountain after they have questions what is this about rising from the dead and Elijah coming first they have these gatherings or a gathering of scriptures but their minds are dull their hearts are not able to perceive what God is speaking to them indeed he had told them I have many things to say to you. I read that in the Gospels. But I can't tell you now because you're not able to receive them. Would you and I be able to receive what the Holy Spirit is speaking even this morning? Would we become those containers, those vessels that are able to expand with the expansion of the kingdom of God within us? Receive all that God has for us. We must be pure in order to perceive and receive the power that God gives His kingdom of God. There's a dramatic alteration in the apostles, these disciples, except Judas, who fell away to his own place. The Bible says he was meant to go to hell not by God's decree, in some kind of twisted predestination doctrine that is foreign to the Bible. But he chose to be a thief, chose to be a traitor, chose to love money. Everything the Lord warned about, he began to be casual, I suppose, and thought, well, I'm here. I don't have to guard anything. All I know is I have to go for what's mine, what I want. And he fell. But, the other 11 apostles, including a number of the faithful, tarried for the Holy Spirit. And the Lord said, when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. And the power was not for them to run away with and build an empire, attract people. The power was given to manifest the glory of God and to exalt the name of Jesus Christ. To preach the word of God under the anointing to set people free from sin. Set them free from the oppression of the devil. God's power and the kingdom of God is waiting for you and your family. The question is, are we ready to receive him? We hear traditionally about this time during Christmas the sermons that precede the first Advent celebration that they came, Jesus' earthly parents looking for room but there was no room to receive the Savior and hymns have been written regarding that. The hearts of men should make room. The hearts of people must make room for the Savior. We need to let go all that God shows us. Let go of so we can get God. We can receive from God. These people were given a promise amongst the people. Certain people were chosen. 
see the kingdom of God come with power. They certainly did. Peter was certainly among them. So was James and John. And whoever else the Lord meant, certainly the rest of the apostles. They saw dramatic healings. They saw a handkerchief from the body of the apostle Paul. One who came after these initial apostles. A man who saw the Lord Jesus in Revelation. A man who was commissioned by the Lord Jesus, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Handkerchiefs from his body were simply taken to another location. And the handkerchief, just as we read in Mark's Gospel, the virtue and the power of God resided in the very garments that Jesus wore. His body carried the anointing. So it was with the Apostle Paul. Their faith was built up so much in the people, seeing so many signs and wonders that that particular incident of the handkerchief carrying the anointing was deemed and recorded as unusual miracle, meaning there are many, many usual miracles. It was a common thing for the multitudes to see miracle after miracle after miracle. Crippled people walking, people who are shut out as hopeless lepers, suddenly cleansed and readmitted into society, full of glory, joy unspeakable, blind eyes opening, deaf and mute hearing and speaking, people with palsy healed on the spot. Their faith was built up to the extent the kingdom of God came with such power that they started to lay the invalids and the sick on the street where Peter was walking, hoping that his shadow may go upon the people who are in need of deliverance, that they would get delivered. They had cause. It was not a, a faith that was unfounded. They saw so many miracles. The kingdom of God come with power through the apostles. And they believed having witnessed so many varied miracles, God could heal even with the shadow of the anointed Peter. Such power they saw, the King of God. On the mountain they saw the glory. They saw the glory revealed. But the power was to come on the day of Pentecost for them. Who among us would Say, Lord, I want nothing more, nothing more than to come to you, O Jesus, that you may touch me, make my life useful in your service, Lord, with not one bit of power diminished or lost. Use me, Lord. I'm a living sacrifice for you. I don't want to look around and see what's being done in places where there's no power, the kingdom of God has not come. But I want to be in your perfect will. My satisfaction is to do your will, O oh God. Every man, woman, boy or girl that would desire that can be greatly used of God to shake the people 
from their sleep, death sleep, by means of miracles, powerful display of the kingdom of God in their midst, hundreds and thousands and millions over the centuries were converted. Converted from what? They were converted from being a slave to the devil, headed for hell, to becoming a child of the light, free, and anointed by God to go and set others free. God has begun a revival at El Bethel International Ministries Church that will see torrents of downpour from heaven. This latter rain. Anyone who's ready, who's been completely divorced and separated from all of the foolishness that people pursue in this world and who have train themselves to have a keen ear and heart to instantly obey what God gives, what God says to do. The anointing comes at a cost. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He's not partial. The same God who says in the book of James by the Holy Spirit that He is a God with whom there's no shadow of turning or variableness. He can be trusted of all who come to him seeking wisdom, God will give liberally. Hallelujah. The Lord Jesus himself said, And shall not your Father in heaven give you good gifts to those who ask him, to those who trust him, to those who believe in him? We're all called, every one of us, to pursue the perfect will of God for our lives, which always includes the kingdom of God manifest in power to set the oppressed free. But it takes tarrying. It takes spending time with God. It takes pushing away all the things that come to rob us of the intimate devotion to God in prayer and contemplating how to clean house because the Holy Spirit will not compete with any worldly ambition or foolishness. When a man or woman or child decides that's it, that's it. No more of the vain trifles and the trinkets that this world has to offer. No more worrying for my life, what I shall eat and what I shall put on. I surrender to the Lord and he's obligated himself because he's a good father and almighty God and gracious and compassionate to take care of every one of my needs. My focus is to do the will of God and to finish his work. They came down from the mountain and they were faced with a problem. In verse 14, and when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed. And running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him. 
and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. You recall in the synagogue, when the devil senses that the spirit of God is on the scene, God is on the scene, Jesus is on the scene, begins to get extremely agitated. And so it will be. When the Spirit of God is operating, the devil will oppose and try to discredit the presence of God and try to sow doubt in people's minds. If God is here, then why all this commotion from Satan? God is preparing for a showdown to shut Satan up and out once and for all. But we must have faith in the Lord and persevere until God manifest the promise that he's given us. They brought him unto him. Now Jesus was right there. There's no time for commotion here. He has people who are hostile to him. And he came to show his superiority on the spot. And yet, the same Jesus Christ took the man who was blind Outside of the town, you recall, in Bethsaida. And the miracle was progressive. May the Spirit of God speak to us the truth. At the same time, not make excuses. Why? God has an appointed time and season for deliverance and healing. We have missed it because we were not ready to receive it. We must take the whole scriptures sincerely with integrity and say, Lord, may I ever be ready for the sudden manifestation of all that you want to do. And we expect it. And they brought him unto him and when he saw him, when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. There would have been noise for sure with this activity. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? Not that the Lord didn't know, but he wanted to teach how a hopeless case can be instantly cured by the power of God. The father said since he was a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. Oh, a parent to have to watch a child that is under such affliction to safeguard the child such an emotional trauma for the parent no doubt and yet he says but if thou canst do anything have mercy on us have compassion on us and help us Jesus said unto him if thou Canst believe. All things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. He said, I believe, but there's a part of me 
is fighting this. Jairus, your call. Would have had his faith assaulted when the news came. Don't bother the master. It's all over. Child is dead. The Lord said, only believe. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, this unclean spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter him no more. Enter no more into him. And this foul spirit cried, screamed, and rent him sore and came out of him. It acted up, but it was on the way out. And so the devil will act up and try to torment people who are looking for deliverance or loved ones who are looking for deliverance on the behalf of the afflicted. Increased demonic activity and resistance doesn't mean that the kingdom of God is not there. But it's a build-up for a showdown where God will step in to those who trust Him to finally put an end to all of the devil's activity. Even in the presence of the Son of God who created all things, the devil acted up. God allowed a certain latitude for the enemy to show his nature. But he delivered this beloved Son of the Father from the affliction once and for all. Part of the activity of the devil was to so trouble the child. This young man or man that he seemed to be dead before the devil was through. Many people saw that and said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand lifted him up and he rose. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. God gives us the answer. In every life that is seeking deliverance, after knowing Jesus especially, every life that is seeking deliverance for himself or herself or for a loved one, we're called to go to Jesus Christ. We're called to go to Jesus Christ with fasting and prayer. Become desperate. Lord, how can I be happy? In a casual sense, while the devil is wrecking havoc in my family or in the church. People of God are called to seek God with fasting and prayer. Suddenly God will do it because God is faithful. Hallelujah. The time duration between the commencement or the beginning of fasting and prayer, real seeking of God with real faith 
the God, you've done it before, you can do it again. We expect it because you don't want to see the devil dance around here in the midst of your people. And God allows certain things to get our attention so that we can be completely on the altar as living sacrifices. You see, there's a greater blessing after even more than the physical deliverance. He's so loving. He's so wise. He's fashioning every individual that is afflicted either directly, physically, emotionally, or a little less directly, having to watch loved ones suffer under the affliction that the enemy brings. If we can read the scriptures carefully and completely thoroughly, we will see whether we have in fact understood what God has told us to do and we are pursuing that. There's a passion that holiness must rule my body and my home so that God can do whatever he wants to do which is release the captives. There must be a rallying by the members of a household that we need to be united to seek God. And every other amusement, every other pastime, every other distraction be shunned that would seek to divert the attention from the family seeking God together for the deliverance. There must be a realization and a responsibility fulfilled before God can do thorough and permanent work. Now, having done that, if we can check off these requirements, including fasting and prayer, a boldness to tell the members of the family We need deliverance. If you are on board with that, you can join together. If not, step away. Don't bring distractions. It's a matter of life and death. It's a matter of life and death. Physically and spiritually for not only an individual, but for the family. Seriousness must set in. Only when we're really desperate will we fast and pray and begin to seek God. Corporate fasting is good. The unity is good in the church. But the family must do it also. At least the announcement must be made by someone. We all need to seek God. Put away sin. God can save our loved ones. God can save our loved ones. Our loved ones. These are the elements God is looking for. Having done that, if we can say, Lord, I am seeking you desperately. I have made the declaration you want me to make clearly so it cannot be missed to every member of the family. If you really love the loved one who is afflicted, and you would put away your own selfishness and foolishness. Seek God with me. 
because I've had to do the same thing. God is training, he's calling, he's doing a work that is far greater than even the deliverance we're looking for. Come near, come. Let's seek God together. Let's establish family prayer. Let's cry out to God during the night and during the day. And not let him go until we see this deliverance for our loved ones. If I can say I've done these things and I'm continuing. God has the deliverance on his calendar. It will surely come as we continue by faith. But how often we may miss these elements. When God is saying you need to take care of this, you need to open your mouth and say this to the family. You need to pursue God. Beware of being casual at any moment. Get rid of foolish talking, filthiness, and jesting. God is fashioning us for eternal works. It's not until we have some afflictions that He can get our full attention, unfortunately, in many cases. But praise be to God. God is not interested in keeping us in affliction. He's the deliverer from the affliction. His kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Are you seeking complete transformation in your life? Where you are endued with power from the Holy Spirit from on high. Where when people see you they get convicted of their sin without you even opening your mouth. Is it possible? Yes. When people see you, not only do they have a fear of judgment, they also have a tremendous hope of healing because of the compassion of God, the power of God flowing through you. This is what God sees as normative or normal in his church. We just need to read the scriptures. What the Lord predicted and prophesied, what he promised and what came to pass in the book of Acts. When a man or woman becomes filled with integrity, they will never fall like Ananias and Sapphira, but they will go forward like Priscilla and Aquila. They will become agents of the Holy Ghost to bring revival everywhere. There's no time for amusements. There's no time for weakness in front of Satan because God is greater. Many, many people jump up and down with slogans. They quote scriptures. They adopt certain scriptures. They make a lot of noise. But the self-life is very, very strong. God says you have to get that out of the way. We want to be careful that we don't become a hindrance to God's revival in our church and in our community and to the world at large. Each one will have a very sober encounter with God through the means of his word as we're hearing this morning and say, Lord God, 
people are perishing daily. How can I be about my own business? Oh God, draft me. Draft me into your army, Lord. May I be a fit soldier. I want to put my hand on the plow and never look back. Oh God, melt me and make me. Mold me, Jesus, to be a person who will fast and pray and pray during the day and night with holy hands. There are many people who can claim to pray. It's an activity. They have a degree of mastery over their own lives where they can say, you can count me in and I can check off the box of being an elite soldier because I fast and pray. But with what spirit is it being done? Is there an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in love that I truly care? Not only on my own things am I concerned, but about the things of others for their welfare. And am I consecrated to the Lord? Is my speech and my temperament, is the meditation of my heart pleasing to God? I need to continue to grow so that God can use my life. We only need to look at what's been happening in our own church because of consecration, because of a hunger for God, the gifts of the Spirit are coming through from the pulpit, from the prayer and counsel, a steady stream of very specific counsel. And God will see who's taking the counsel casual, who's contesting the counsel, and who's taking it with reverence and immediately doing what was told. This is the very difference between those who will grow to become vessels whom God could, could pour into and continue to expand and those who become dried up quickly cannot receive. May the Lord help us to be among the former. Ever work in me, Lord. Ever keep me humble, Lord ever keep me holy and I vow to do all that I'm supposed to do so that the grace that has been shown to me will not be frustrated, will not be in vain. The revival is picking up momentum. I can feel it in my spirit. God is of a truth going to Unleash his power in a greater magnitude than we've ever seen. Hallelujah. Who's really fasting and praying? Oh, who's really dying to themselves so that Christ can live through them? Who is really paying careful attention to the counsel that is given from God? Who's really knocking out and pushing away all kinds of envying and strife and competition? God's servants and the counsel of God you look at every revival and see how it started how it flowed and how it stopped and how God the Holy Spirit to people who really sought him 
cried out saying, Lord, why? Have sudden problems come to block the flow of the Holy Spirit? God showed. Just like in the matter of Ai and Achan. Repentance came or the people would not repent were removed. The revival flowed. The victory came again. God has given these things to us. As we've read in Mark's gospel, this is an intelligent faith. It's not a blind faith. It's not a dumb faith. The Lord wants us to use the powers He's given us. When He identifies things, to be sharp and say, My God, you're giving this to me. It's time for me to act on it. Not to think it's some kind of nice sermon or it's nice time together with family and somehow... As we continue, we'll continue to get better. No. For those who will listen carefully and act upon what they've heard, the growth will be tremendous. It'll be glorious. We'll move forward and be used by God in a greater measure. Lord Jervis is going to turn to the Lord. Hallelujah. Large numbers of people beyond Port Jervis returning to the Lord because signs and wonders will happen through this church where it will become unavoidable. And people will be drawn, some out of curiosity, some out of offense and hostility, some coming out of desperation. But all will know that the kingdom of God has come with power in our midst. And whosoever will come, they will come and be transformed forever. May we keep this truth, revelation and passion burning in our hearts that God can proceed with his great plan everyone in this church into your families suddenly because of your fasting and praying because of your integrity in every detail that God calls you to attend to because of your deep humility in listening to the counsel that God is giving because of your faithfulness in attending diligence everything that God has provided to that degree your family will suddenly say, we are living the pig life. We need to become lambs. God have mercy upon us. We want to follow you to that stream of the holy river that's flowing from your church, from the Savior who is the head of that church, who is the head of the church universal across the globe. We want to follow that Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Every evil habit will be gone. Every oppression of the devil will be gone. Every addiction will flee. Because the kingdom of God has come among you. Shall we pray? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, my Father, manifest your glory in your presence. Increasing measure, Lord, I pray as the vessels that are before you in this church 
will become expandable because they are of a new wine skin, able to receive the new wine from heaven. Miracle after miracle, oh my God, signs and wonders following, as your God has promised who cannot lie. All who will come, believing, consecrated on the altar, holy men and holy women, with the fear of God upon them, day and night, with the joy of the Holy Spirit, and the love of God, and the faith of the Son of God, will receive overflowing everyone around. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. This was not wishful preaching or wishful thinking. This is the truth for all who believe. Surrender. Thank you, Lord, for making us a holy people, making us a wise people, for making us a blessed people for eternity. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Amen.